Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to The Chuck Show. I'm Josh. With me always, of course, is Chuck, Charles W. Chuckers Bryant. That's weird. It sounded like you said... The star of The Chuck Show. It sounded like you said The Chuck Show. I said it twice. Stuff you should know. The Chuck Show. Did you hear it that time? I did. How you doing, Chuck? Get out of here. You're fired. (laughs) (laughs) I've been waiting for this day for three years. That would be awful in such like... I don't even want to say relief. That sounds awful. But you know how it is. It would be devastating and also like, oh, my brain can relax. And then the next day I'd be all upset again. I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? I used to have an alternative weekly newspaper, and whenever we were up on deadline, 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 and we'd miss the deadline, there was a a sense of abject failure that was encapsulated by the greatest sense of relief (laughs) you've ever experienced. Yeah, I don't want to say that. I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't think I feel relieved here because we got this. We, we got, got this. Right? Yes. Say reassure me again. You you got it, buddy. Okay, good. Um Chuck. Josh. Okay. We should probably chill out a little bit because what we're 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 about to talk about is uh to some a uh a, a necessary evil. Yeah. To others it's brain dead national security. Yeah. That we should have been doing since 1787. Sure. Uh, and to others, it's an egregious affront to civil liberties of citizens. Yeah, but you know what I found? I, I did some research on the ACLU. I haven't found anyone that says, like, we shouldn't have a watch list. No. But it's it's just like, hey, if you're going to have a watch list. You're going to do it better than this. Better than this, yeah. Yes. We'll, uh, that's we'll what I took that. from the ACLU as well. Um and I think everybody just assumed I was talking about the ACLU when I said that some people find it in a, in Where a else front you go? <laughs> to civil liberties. Um, I was I, I when, I, when we were researching this, like I, I had this um, little tick in the back of my head, right? Mm-hmm. I was burning and saying like there was something about nine eleven, and I was like, oh yeah, there were all these different warnings, all these different agencies had information, yeah, about Al Qaeda. Apparently, Bush was briefed before, uh, like the month before the New York Times reported back in 2004. Right. Um, and it, Al-Qaeda was being watched. There, we were aware that there was a hijacking plot. Right. And there, all of these people, most of them at least, were on watch lists. But the problem was is all of these agencies were in the midst of like some serious turf wars. Right. And no one was talking to one another. No agency was sharing this information with one another. Yeah, which is kind of par for the course, from what I understand. Yeah, but I think that changed in large part after 9-11, right? Let's hope. If it didn't change in spirit, at the very least, it changed in practice on paper. Because all those different lists after 9-11 happened were consolidated pretty quickly after 9-11 happened, um, I think May of 2003, Bush signed something called Homeland Security Presidential Directive 6. And the first one, signed in uh, 2001, I believe, established Homeland Security as an agency. Right. Two years later, he he signed 6, basically saying, have you read it? Uh, 
two, three, four, and five, or six? Six. Is there a two, three, four, and five? Yeah. Okay, I figured there was. There's a there's one through twenty five. It loses focus toward the end. The last one was signed on Bush's last day in office, and uh, it basically says all those international treaties we signed that say the Arctic and the Antarctic are belong to everybody. No one can lay a claim on. We revoked the part about the Arctic. We decided that the U.S. is quote an Arctic nation, and therefore it has to protect its <laughs> Arctic interests, really? specifically natural resources as a matter of na- national security. <laughs> That's in there? Yeah. So it kind of lost focus toward the end. But early on, with, with uh, Presidential Directive 6, that said, we need to take all of these watch lists and create a central watch list, yeah. and we need to actually administer it or administrate it sure. properly. Yeah. That was big. And that created Chuck... The consolidated terrorist watch list. Right. Because it's consolidated. It makes a lot of sense. It sure does, doesn't it? Yeah. So that's the government list that everyone is long joked about. There were lists before, but the the one that everybody thought about prior to 2001 uh, or 2003 um, didn't bear any resemblance to this one. This is the list. Anyone who's ever been even remotely suspected of being a terrorist, what's the language? Um, engaging in terrorist activities, right? Uh, suspected to have engaged in conduct constituting in preparation for, in aid of, or related to terrorism. Yes. And apparently associating with a known terrorist isn't enough to get you on that list. Really? Uh, yeah, because after September 11th, there were not many guidelines. It was just sort of, let's just put a bunch of names on the list. Yeah. I mean, not that willy-nilly, obviously. But um, they realized they needed to refine it over the years. And I think in 2009 mm-hmm. uh, was the last major revision, a 72-page memorandum, yeah, in February 2009, that clarified what the minimum substantive derogatory criteria was. What is it? Well, it, you know, it's a 72-page memorandum. Okay. But n- associating with a known terrorist, suspected terrorist, is not enough. Uh, there had to be evidence of that you actually supported terrorism. And it generally requires more than a single a single source, which is good. Really? Yeah, like, hey, this one guy said you were, so boom, you're on the list. Right. So they've refined it some over the years. Right. Prior to 2009, I, I think it was a little more, a little easier to get on there. Yeah. And that's when a lot of the press um, was generated about this. A lot of the media was up in arms or reporting sure. about people being up in arms. There were tons of stories and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can kind of tell, like, how open it was um, by just the sheer numbers, right? In 2003, yeah. I think the thing opened up for business um, with uh, 325,000 people, 325,000 names. Yeah, that was in 06. Oh, 2006. Yeah, now there's over a million, supposedly. See, that number is highly disputed. It is. So the ACLU says a million or more. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of people reported that, but that's just the ACLU's estimate. The TSA says it's less than 400,000. I saw that too. And they threw in that 95% of those people are foreign nationals. Yeah. And, and, but 95%. Most not even in the country, even they say. See, I, I can see them, like, that 95% struck me as the same as saying, like, one of your buddies being like, I'm 99.99% positive, you know? (laughs) I wonder how how accurate that is. Yeah, it's hard to get stats on this stuff because a lot of it is kept under wraps yeah. for a good reason. Including the criteria, yeah. um, who's on there. And yeah, like you said, for good reason, there is, it's a very, it's 
Orwellian circular logic, and of course, I think everyone who pressed play on this knew that the word Orwellian was going to come up at least sure. once, knowing us, right? Yeah. But um, it, it, it they they are saying that they can't release information on this list because then you know how to beat the list. Yeah, and, it and defeats the sure. purpose. And I'm a defender of civil liberties, and I I will even admit that this is a tough situation because you can't just do everything behind closed doors, but you also can't open it wide open because then it kind of defeats the system in a lot of ways. So yeah. this is a tough one. It is. Very tough. When it comes to that. Uh, that number of the the names on there, um, is it's not necessarily individual people. That's different spellings of single name. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, aliases of these people. So there could be a, a fraction of uh, that number of actual people that are on this list. Right. But there's all these different spellings or whatever. Yeah, countries are on the list. Not like entire countries. Well, entire countries, but not saying your entire country is on the list. It's just I think countries if you're from that country. Yeah, then you then you. I think the red flag is raised. Not necessarily your because Israel was on the list recently, and they said, "Oh, that was a big mistake. Israel shouldn't be on the list." Huh? Obviously. So yeah, but that just happened. I think within the past few months. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That would have made a great intro. Yeah, I liked your intro. Thanks. Yes. Yeah, so with nominating, right? You said now it takes more than one source to get you on there. That's what they say. Apparently, before that revision, um, somebody from the FBI, the NSA, the CIA, the FDA, the SEC, pretty much any government agency could say- NASA. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Really? Hey, I think a, any government agency, anybody from a government agency um, could nominate you. And you're nominated, right? Yes, and that that means you're put before, or you physically aren't, but your name is put before the Terrorist Review and Examination Unit, and they start checking things out and then pass you along to the Terrorist Screening Center and the watch list if you are deemed by their criteria to be a threat. Right, and the Terrorist Screening Center is a a branch of the FBI, and they're the ones who are responsible for um, administering the the watch list, right? Right. and it's 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 most closely associated with flying. It's a no fly list, is is what it's often called. Well, no, those are two different lists. Oh, are they? Yeah, there's a no fly list, there's a selectee list, and then there's the terrorism watch list. Okay, lay it on me. Well, the no fly list only has like five thousand people on it. Okay, but it's it's different. Um, but I, if you're on the no fly list, obviously you're also on the terrorism watch list. Right, but. I, as I understand it, if you're on the terrorism watch list, you may pop up when you go through a TSA screening. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, if you're on this terrorism watch, so if you're on a no-fly list, like, they, they, your name pops up and they just take you to prison, essentially? <laughs> well, they can do a range of things from take you away to be investigated and frisked and... Never heard from again. Or the people have been arrested. Right. Okay. So that's, but these are pe- pe- people who are probably, like, known terrorists... Or not. <laughs> okay. But on the no-fly list. Yeah, both. That's what, that's what created a lot of the problems is that, is that, you know, like an eight-year-old boy was on the no-fly list. And this lady uh, researched uh, a Muslim woman from, uh, I can't remember where she's from, but she was a Stanford doctoral candidate. Mm-hmm. And you can get placed on the no-fly list while you're, while you're on vacation. And then you can't come back into the country. It's like a bad vacation. There are army veterans stranded in Colombia and other countries that can't come back because their name is erroneously on the no-fly list. Hmm. 
and it takes a long time to get it off. I would imagine uh, 67 days to get off the uh, terrorist watch list, right? That's the average, but it, I don't know about that. I bet it takes longer than that. Okay. Um, so, Chuck, I guess with when you fly also, um, there's this program called Safe Flight that's administered by the uh, Terrorist Screening Center. All right. Where every flight manifest is um, checked against the lists. That's good. It is good. That's the first step, I guess. Yeah. Um, but so the terrorist screening centers, they're they're in charge. Uh, so are they in charge of the select list and the no-fly list as well? It's all under Homeland Security. Okay. So. Okay. Um, but this is FBI. Right. Okay. So um, they they they're maintaining these lists, but they're also tracking. The people who are on the list. Yes. Hopefully the right people. But if your name apparently is on the terrorist watch list, there is a screen in Northern Virginia. No one knows where. Well, no (laughs) one can say where. Anyone who knows. And you are a red dot on that screen and you are tracked constantly. Apparently, um, I don't know if the dot is red necessarily, but the color changes depending on the length of time it's been since you made contact Right. Or a law enforcement officer made contact with you, like since the last time you flew, last time you got pulled over for a ticket, the last time they came into your house, right. whatever. Um, the color changes. But there's someone who watches you. Uh, when you get pulled over and you're on this list, well, if you or I get pulled over, your name's run, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it gets po- if it pops up, then the, the law enforcement officer is alerting the terrorist screening center. From what I read, most of the time, the terrorist screening center already knows you just got pulled over. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's neato. And that's NPR's reporting, too. I, I, and it was Dean and Temple Raston who actually went to the center. So right, right. It's not, it's not like rumor. Yeah, and I, I hope we don't come across as seeing like, oh, they shouldn't do like police terrorists and things like that, because that's not the case. I right? don't think so. Okay. Although John Lewis... The name John Lewis was on the no-fly list. John Lewis, he's, uh, I think he's still a representative here, isn't he? Yeah, Okay. I think so. From from Georgia, uh, from Atlanta, I believe. Uh, he was a civil rights leader as well, and his name was on there. He kept getting hassled going through the airport, um, and not because he was suspected of any kind of terrorist activity, but because his name matched one of the spellings of a name of, per- of somebody on the terrorist watch list, right? As did every other John Lewis. So, right. So, if you are, um, that's one good way to find out that your name is likely on the terrorist watch list. Right. Is getting held up at the airport. Yeah. Uh, John Lewis isn't the only one. Very famously, there was a nun named Sister Glenn Ann McPhee, right? Yeah. And she apparently spent a lot of time getting interrogated, um, so much so that the Council of Bishops called the White House and said, you, you got to take her off. How much was she flying? Is what I wanted to know. I don't know. Since she was hassled a lot, it's like did not, I didn't know nuns like traveled that much. Sure, the yeah. uh, sister of the flying cross of the flying nun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and as I mentioned, there's an eight-year-old famously in New York, and even though they came out and said there are no eight-year-olds on the list, it's a myth. There is an eight-year-old on the list. I don't know if he still is, but the parents said no. He's right here. Come meet him. He's a Boy Scout, and the first time he was pulled aside and frisked was when he was two. Wow. At an airport, two years old on the terrorist watch list was frisked. Yeah. Pretty, pretty neat. So that's led to a lot of calls about, um, reducing the watch list, making it, uh, more, um, focused. Yeah. 
and apparently, it sounds like Obama made those changes in 2009, right? What What was that? What happened there? Well, what you were talking about, like it's the the criteria is narrowed a little oh. more. Like it takes two sources to get you on the list. Yeah. Just associating with uh, somebody will will keep you off the list. And then, um, I wonder if redress has gotten any easier. I don't know. Redress is the process of of like sort of applying to get off the list, and um, that's for the terrorism watch list. Apparently, the no fly list. There is not much of a process going on there. And it's led to a lot of frustration from people like John Lewis. Right. But yeah, now you apply and they, I think you have to apply through the agency. You can't just call the FBI. Or no, you can't call Homeland Security. You have to apply through the agency that gave you trouble. Gotcha. Like the TSA or whoever it is. Gotcha. And then they, they give you what's called a redress number. So when you book travel, you, you include that. Oh, you do? Yeah. And it's like, it's basically like I've been cleared. Oh. Here's proof. I'm sure you're not on any list then. <laughs> um, so, Chuck, how do you get on this list, uh, aside from the obvious of being a, a, terror, a known terrorist or a suspected terrorist, well, an appropriately could, suspected terrorist? You could be um, a member of some sort of extremist organization, mm-hmm. like even a hardcore like environmental organization might land you on the list. Like uh, ELF? <laughs> yeah. What, what are they? Earth Liberation Front? Yes. They like to burn down subdivisions um, that are built over clear-cut forests. Oh, really? Really, they like to burn down any subdivision where any trees are sacrificed <laughs> or whatever. You know, the kind where they go in and cut all the trees down, build everything, and then go replant like little saplings? Right. Those kind of subdivisions? Yeah, yeah. Elf likes to go in before they're populated and burn them all to the ground. Really? And then maybe leave a garage standing and spray paint ELF on it. So it's, that's, that's domestic terrorism, really. I mean, yeah, this twelve, the order of the twelve monkeys. It is, isn't it? Sort of. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you're a member of Elf, if you're um, like a, uh, a member of, I would imagine any group that's been deemed a hate group or an extremist group, yeah, a domestic group, you might be on that list. You're probably on the list. But again, I think most people accept that at the very least, um, American citizens are in the minority on the government uh, terrorist watch list, right? Yeah, which is what I was trying to say, which is why it's easy for 98% of their people or 95% to say, like, oh, what's the big deal? Wait till you're one of those 5%. Right, sure. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, you found some other ways, too, though, some like more mundane ways. Yeah, sadly, um, I shouldn't say sadly. I found it on Maxim. <laughs> There's some good... The, the men's magazine? Yes. There was some, um, I just did a Google search. It's not like I was like, what does Maxim have to say about this? Right. Um, there was, uh, there were four that I found that I thought were pretty good. One is, um, searching using Google will, could get you flagged. Uh, you, we can be watched under the Patriot Act. Certain, was searching for certain terms, I guess? Yes. Okay. Um, we do a lot of research, man. That's kind of scary to think about. Well, I imagine that, like, if that's the case, then yeah, just just researching for this podcast got yeah, us flagged. Exactly. Um, last minute flights. Apparently, after a certain number of last minute flights, you will be flagged. And even just doing your your uh, immediate flight, like just the first time you do it, they're going to pay extra attention to you, right? Because you're booking a last minute flight, right? Um, and apparently patterns, the government loves patterns. And if you're operating within a normal pattern, you're likely going to be less scrutinized. Okay. Um, when you suddenly book a last minute flight, 
then they're going to be like, wait, that's abnormal, and we're going to pay attention to you. Or if you pay with cash, that's abnormal. Right. We're going to pay attention to you. Right. There, there are certain patterns that the normal average person does without even thinking, um, and it, when you act outside of that, then you're going to invite more scrutiny. Um, apparently, uh, email as well is also under the Patriot Act, likes to be watched. So if you say something stupid on there. Yeah. So basically, you and I are on the list. <laughs> uh, they also, the Homeland Security this week said that the terror watch list is exempt from the Privacy Act, which was brought about after Watergate. It basically permits citizens to obtain files about them with the intent of correcting it, which is what this would be all about. Yeah. And they said, no, we're not under the Privacy Act. Yeah. And that was that's the biggest problem with the ACLU is is put a system in place. First of all, like you said, they think it's bloated. Yeah. And uh 35 per, uh, 2009 um Justice Department Inspector General report. Yeah. found that uh 35% of the nominations to the list were outdated. Yeah. So it's like it's counterproductive even. It's not like they're just saying it's not fair. Yeah. It's not doing the job that it should be doing if it's bloated. But their whole point is just have a system in place, a transparent system in place where you can go. I mean, I guess redress is that for the terrorism watch list, but it doesn't sound like it's a very good system. Well, they also have a really big um, bone of contention in that this is technically unconstitutional. There's something um, against unlawful search and seizure, search and seizure without due process or at least probable cause. Right. And if you're an eight-year-old Boy Scout, there's really no way of justifying the fact that you're being searched without probable cause, you know? Right. Just because some, just because there's terrorists out there doesn't give probable cause to some individual who's not a terrorist to be searched. Right. It's kind of that simple. Yeah. But again, as you say, it's really tough to, to say, oh, we need to just do away with this. Sure. I just I don't think that's the case. I just think there's better ways to do it. Yeah, on this I got a couple of more startling things on the state level. You know, you can't profile federal policies prohibit that, and you can't on the state level either. But they allow states to um, they have different criteria for each state on what is deemed suspicious, at least. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily this will get you nominated, but red flags at least. And uh, in Ohio. Um, any immersion in, uh, I'm sorry, immersion in a purely Muslim environment could get you red flagged. Wow. Uh, they advise landlords in some states to be alert on tenants who prefer ground floor apartments and who have little furniture. <laughs> and then uh, anyone, the, the study of technical subjects like engineering. Just engineering. Huh. It's interesting. Um, do you remember when the Patriot Act was first being discussed for I like do. three minutes. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the mandates in it was that postal employees were expected to spy and report on people on their route, and the post office actually pushed back and said, "We're we're not doing that." Oh yeah, that's right. And they won. It was taken out, but it was in there like they wanted to deploy the postal service as a as domestic spies. <laughs> They're like, dude, we just don't want to get bit by dogs. That's yeah. all we're asking. We're just we got enough on our plate as it is. I got a redress stat for you too. All right, Chuck. That Conger found. This is written by Kristen Conger from Stuff, Stuff Mom, Mom Never Told You. Yeah, and she's got a new host we should mention. Yes. New co host. Yeah. 
Molly is no longer there, and she and they're doing a great job with the no. Novels. And best of luck to Molly. Yeah, of course. She's uh, she's writing her uh, heart out right now. Yeah, sitting right next to you. Yep. Anyway, uh, Conger found this stat, and uh, from 2005 to 2007, 35 percent of people who complained that were on the redress list, I guess, filed for redress, were kept on the list. 45 percent were either granted lower security or removed, and that's only. How many? 80%? 80%. The other 20 <laughs> were never heard from again. That's what I wondered. It doesn't have anything about the other 20%. Yeah. And I mean, it's funny and all that. Like it's, it, But again, it, it would stink if you're on that accidentally. But at the same time, we're also talking about the same government that operated like secret prisons overseas, too, for a while. Yeah. Or if you're one of these veterans that's stuck in Colombia. Who are you talking about? There's this one ACLU article I mentioned found... There are two army veterans that are stuck outside the United States. And then the New York Times article was that lady with her 14-year-old daughter mm-hmm. was stuck in Malaysia for a while. That's crazy. And a U.K. officer, because different countries have their own watch list, and Britain has one, mm-hmm. he got his wife put on the list so she couldn't come home. Wow. She's been in Turkey for three years until they found out about it. Wow. And then he was fired. Like I'll He was bet. set to get promoted, and they were like, wait a minute. They were doing their research. They were like, your wife's on the the no-fly list. And he's like, what? Blimey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. And she's been in Turkey for three years. So That's funny. It's an interesting way to get out of uh, whatever he didn't want to do. Yeah. Taking out the garbage. <laughs> right. That's what it was. <laughs> he just got tri- trash piled up now. Uh, he's like uh, Sylvia... S- Sylvia... Plath? No. Shel Silverstein poem where the girl doesn't want to take the garbage out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sylvia something silver suit snout or something like that. <laughs> yeah, well. Um, and then, Chuck, lastly, what do you want to, like, if you want to know, obviously we're not on the list, or we weren't the last time we flew because we, we flew. flew. Um, nobody took us aside. Although, um, you and I now always get pat downs. Oh, really? I just don't trust that backscatter thing. I don't think everybody knows enough about it. I'm sure it's it could be fine. Oh, you're Who given knows, the option and you request the pat down? Every time, yeah. Interesting. And I have to say, they almost never use the metal detector anymore. Really? Never. Huh. So, uh, yeah, we always do the pat down now. And it's nice. You get to know the TSA agent a lot more <laughs> more closely. As they're patting you down with the backside of their hands? Yeah. And telling you up. what they're doing ahead of time. Right. It's like, I'm going to touch you your really, waistband. You know how to build up a sense of uh, <laughs> tension, don't you? Yeah. Um. So what do you if you if you want to know if you're on this list, you can just fly, right? Try to go fly. That's going to do something. It's kind if of an expensive way to do it. Though. It is. Uh, if you're if you've been pulled over and not detained um, for like speeding or something like that, if you just gotten a standard ticket, your your name's not on this list. Yeah. You're not on this list. True. Um, and if you are on, you can uh, apply for information about yourself, not through the the terrorist watch list, but um, through something called the um, specifically designated nationals and block persons uh, list that the Treasury has. Oh, that means you can't do business, right? Exactly. You can't get a loan. You can't. Yeah, you can't do business with these people. Uh, it's it's a way of freezing somebody out of dealing in the United States, making money in the United States, usually because they're some sort of criminal. Right. right. If your name's on that list, 
there may be a high likelihood that you are on the terrorist watch list. Right. And even if you're not, you want to get your name off that list because <laughs> if you want to do business. If, yeah, eventually somebody's right. going to be like, I can't loan you this money, nice Mr. Escobar. Josh, I thought it was good. It was not good. I wasn't prepared. I think you this, saved us. No, I think this was, it always gets so tricky with these uh, civil liberties podcasts because it's, you want it both ways. You don't want terrorists coming into the country, but you also don't want your friend who's just a friendly Muslim to be on the list. Right. It's tricky ground. I don't know how I feel about it. You? Well, <laughs> uh, personally, between you and me, if and the other half a million people <laughs> listening, um, that as long as it's amounting to little more than an inconvenience and there's still pressure to make it better, to do a better job of this. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm for the list. But for, being I'm caught, for maintaining a list. Yeah, but being stuck in another country is... Yeah, I, again, that's yeah. my personal experience. Sure. Until some terrorist named Josh Clark ends up on the list, then I'm it, cool with it. And you're stuck I'm in Bob Turkey. I'm Bob Smith from Iowa. <laughs> uh, if you want to know more about the terrorist watch list and probably end up on the terrorist watch list yourself, J.K., um, you can type in uh, government watch list in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. Um, you could also probably search that on Maxim, too. It'll bring up some stuff. Um, and since I said Maxim, that means it's time for listener mail. Oh, I thought it was going to be time for top ten sexiest broads on <laughs> reality TV. I, I'm sure it is on Maxim. <laughs> if this were a Maxim podcast, for sure. Boy, I can't believe they had. I bet you that article that they had had, uh, like, not clip art, but the stock photo of some guy, like, kind of half drunk on a plane, some bachelor, like, arguing with a stewardess. That's in um, the, uh, it's in the, the last one about email, that's saying that, like, uh, if the plane on the way to spring break is delayed, it should right. go, like, bomb or fire <laughs> so they can get off and then right uh, drink, Yeah, which is a very Maxim thing to do. That's a Maxim if I ever heard one. All right, Josh, I'm going to call this. Did you call for listener mail? Yeah, you did. Did we hear the ding? Yeah. It was in there somewhere. I'm going to call this a uh, very sweet email from a, from a sister about her sister. Oh, I was hoping we would do this one. I this think was this nice. was sweet, too. Uh, I've been meaning to write for a while now, but haven't found an episode I thought it could contribute to. Then I realized how much the entire podcast means to me. My twin sister is married to a Marine. Uh, they move all over the country. She's currently in Hawaii. We miss each other dearly. And it may sound funny, but your show makes us feel a little closer. We especially enjoyed the Shrunken Heads episode. Uh, you had a good flow, and we're both very witty. We even call each other Skullbag as an inside joke. Uh, the spam episode made us laugh. My sister's name is Tor- uh, Tony Ann, and in high school she was nicknamed Tony Spam because of the rhyme and her affinity for the canned pork product. It just made sense. Yeah. All around. She actually went to Spam Jam last spring, I guess in Hawaii, of course and was a little disappointed that it wasn't as much fun as she expected. It's, that's a very serious event. Oh, is it? I don't know what she was expecting. Right. Uh, we have so many inside jokes pertaining to your show. We run with Josh and Chuck. We hang at home with Josh and Chuck. And I think our friends are starting to think we are actually friends with Josh and Chuck. Anyway, although we are 6,000 miles and six-hour time difference apart, we love to listen to the show each week and talk about all the jokes and the content. Thanks for bringing my other half a little closer every Thursday. I wonder if she knows about Tuesdays. (laughs) (laughs) 
He's missing out on half the fun. <laughs> uh, if you could read this letter, I know it would mean the world to my twin. If not, I'm just happy to know you uh, all know that your show helps make our separation a little easier. One half of a Stuff You Should Know fan, Melissa, from Babylon, New York. That is very sweet. And I guess Tony Ann in Hawaii, Tony Spam. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Tony Spam and Melissa, for listening to us and discussing what we say. That's still, after three years, is just out there to me. What? The people talk about things that you and I say. Yeah. That's crazy. We're in a bubble in here. Yeah. Um, if we are overlooking some uh, huge pratfall to being on a uh, government watch list or there even being a government watch list, let us know. Uh, we want to hear your stuck on the no-fly list stories, uh, the terrorist watch list stories, whatever you got. Um, you can tweet to us, SYSK Podcast. That's our Twitter handle. Visit us on uh, Facebook. That's facebook.com slash stuff you should know. And you can always send a good old-fashioned email to us via stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join House to Fork staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?